T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The race for Illinois Attorney General is turning out to be about as big a draw for candidates as the Democratic primary roundup for governor. There are hopefuls ranging from former Governor Pat Quinn to former Miss America Erica Harrell. This week, we sit down with the person endorsed by the Cook County Democrats, State Senator Kwame Raoul. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Raul's voice was prominent during the more than two-year-long budget standoff between Democrats and Governor Bruce Rauner, but he's been well-known and well-respected on issues of justice and more, and now he is running for Illinois Attorney General. He's currently state senator from the 13th Legislative District, a position he has held since he was appointed to replace a guy named Barack Obama when he was elected to the U.S. Senate. Obviously, Senator Raul has steadily won re-election since then. He has pushed for legislation involving things like voting rights, domestic violence, court reform, pensions, and ethics reform, among other things. And we are recording this interview at his law office. Senator Kwame Raul, thank you for inviting us in. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, let's start out with, um, well, this, the situation you find yourself in. Uh, Attorney General Lisa Madigan's surprise decision not to seek re-election was expected to touch off a political Donnybrook to replace her. But the Democratic primary campaign features what I guess some would look at as an embarrassment of riches. Um, several well-known names, Chicago Park District Board President Jesse Ruiz, Highland Park Mayor Nancy Rotering, uh, Governor Quinn, former Governor Quinn, I should say, and former a gubernatorial candidate and state representative Scott Drury, just to name a few. So how daunting a field is this, and how do you make yourself stand out in the crowd? Well, I haven't heard of all of those people you just mentioned. <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know, uh, what I've been able to talk about over the course of the last few weeks, and it's, it's been a few weeks, and, and uh, is my record. My record of service, and you, you touched on a little bit of it in in, in your introductory remarks. But uh, over the course of the last thirteen years serving in the legislature, and my last twenty four years of legal practice, I've been able to touch the law in a variety of areas, including being a prosecutor, uh, representing uh, abused and neglected children, and uh, uh, practicing in labor and employment practicing in workers' compensation, practicing in education law, as well as in health law. So I have had a varied professional experience, and policy-wise, I've touched criminal justice policy, consumer protection policy, uh, voting rights. I uh, passed legislation to make sure we fully took advantage of Obamacare. Um, so I tell people I'm not looking to do a new job. I'm looking to do, continue to do the work that I have been doing for a number of years. And the best evidence of what I will do as attorney general is my record. Um, now, you sought the endorsement of the Cook County uh, Democratic uh, Committeeman and, and received it. So obviously you uh, think it is still relevant. But can it also be 
a, a two-edged sword. Uh, Jesse Ruiz, uh, uh, immediately uh, on your getting that uh, that nod, uh, called you a political insider and said, "Yeah, this is the this is like yeah. the party machine." Uh. The irony of Jesse Ruiz call, uh, calling me an insider, the guy who served on the uh, school board that closed fifty schools. Uh, uh, a guy who's serving on the park district board who's raising our property taxes. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate the name calling uh, would have to take place. Jesse Ruiz presented himself as a as a, a candidate to be endorsed by the Cook County Democratic Party, and when he didn't get it, he started calling me an insider. If you didn't think it was a value, then you shouldn't have presented yourself before it. Listen, um, the representatives that come. Um, to that Cook County uh, party as well as Madison County party has also endorsed me, our elected representatives. Uh, and so I, I value their endorsement, but I don't think that it uh, means that my work is done. The, the mo- endorsement most important to me is the endorsement of every single voter on Election Day. So what is it about having that party uh help or that party acknowledgement that is valuable? I think, um, you know, listen, we're, we're, we're going before uh, uh, various uh, forums as, as candidates, and we go before uh, local uh, parties, not just in Cook County, but outside of Cook County, because um, people, we have a representative democracy, and so people elect people to uh, scrutinize both policy as well as candidates. And, and I uh, presented my credentials and my record. The, the message that I delivered is that, hey, I've, I've worked with Lisa Madigan uh, over the course of the, the last 13 years. I've worked to make sure that victims of sexual assault and domestic violence have resources and have policy that protect them. I, I've worked to make sure that uh, employees uh, who get paid by payroll cards don't have their hard-earned uh, money taken away by excessive fees charged by financial institutions. You know, I've worked to protect voting rights. I passed the Illinois Voting Rights Act, and I passed a constitutional amendment uh, to protect voting rights in, in Illinois. And most recently, uh, I filed legislation to uh, have our state board of election back away from uh, Donald Trump's uh, discriminatory cross-check policy that's being utilized many places to knock valid voters off the rolls. I've supported automatic voter registration because I believe we should encourage more people to vote instead of trying to knock valid voters off the rolls. Um, does a crowded field like this make it harder to raise money, the kind of money you'll need to get your, your message out, and, and, and frankly, to make sure that you're, you know, uh, well-known and well-understood statewide. Well, w- one of the things that has disadvantaged, I think, the entire field is uh, the fact that the incumbent uh, made a rather uh, late decision uh, to indicate that she was not running. Um, it was not my intention to run had Lisa Madigan um, decided to run for re-election because I think Lisa Madigan has, has been doing an admirable job over the course of the last 15 years. Um, so when she made a decision in September, uh, usually 
uh, candidates for statewide office are contemplating that run a year or two before that season begins. So, so, so it is challenging. Uh, however, I have the benefit of um, having worked as an elected official, as a legislator, on many fronts uh, for a number of years. So as I bring my message to the voters, uh, they know, many of them know who I am already because they know that I, uh, I've worked on policy on a broad range of issues and on difficult issues. I've been known in Springfield to not back away from difficult assignments, and, and many of those assignments are politically unpopular assignments that uh, need to be accomplished for the, for the good of, uh, of the state of Illinois and its taxpayers. Uh, y- you probably have or had at least the, be- the best name recognition among the field, uh, at least until Pat Quinn entered the picture. And, uh, uh, you know, as we are, as we were speaking, uh, he, he had not filed, uh, but had talked about it. Um, if he is a candidate, couldn't he run stronger downstate? And how do you meet that challenge? Because, you know, he has he has run statewide. Well, I just came from a a tour of several cities downstate. I was in Belleville. I was in Bloomington. I've been in um, Taylorville. I've been uh, in Peoria. I've been in Champaign. Um, We've been moving around, and and I've spoken to people uh, with them having the knowledge that Pat Quinn is interested in being a a candidate, and we are well-received. I just received an endorsement of one of my colleagues, um, uh, Senator Kaler in Peoria, and had a great meeting with organized labor and others in in in, in Peoria. Um, and so, um, I think that the electorate in Illinois does not want to go backwards, but they want to go forward. And I think my candidacy uh, represents that. And and the bulk of the votes is is in the Chicago area. Um, uh, I mean, that's always been the case for for, for candidates. Uh, uh, do you uh, do you think that um, that familiarity, uh, especially uh, given your vocal and, and very visible, uh, you know, work on many issues, uh, does give you an advantage here? Um, I think what gives me an advantage in Chicago also gives me a an advantage in um, Peoria, in Springfield, and Belleville, and Taylorville, and Champaign, uh, in Rockford, and in the Quad Cities. Uh, I think w- in all of those areas, people want good schools. People want to have their voting rights protected. Uh, people want to make sure that if uh, they're working, their uh, rights as workers are uh, protected, that they're not working for an entity that doesn't have workers' comp insurance or, or they're, they're not working for an entity that's stealing their wages. Um, those interests are common interests beyond just Chicago. They're uh, interests throughout the state. And I've been able to advocate when I pass a law, I don't pass it for Chicago. I pass it for the entire state of Illinois. And, um, it, you know, it resonates, you know. My first day in uh, the legislature was veto session 2004, and my predecessor, Barack Obama, was there. And uh, he was headed out of town to Washington after he said his goodbyes, and I tapped him on the shoulder, and I I said, can you give me a little advice before you leave? He said, step into my office. 
And I joked with him. I said, isn't that my office now? <laughs> and uh, so we did go he, in. Did he laugh? He didn't laugh. <laughs> but he says, come on in here, Kwame. <laughs> and we went in the office. And, uh, you know, he gave me advice that was very valuable advice. He says, if there's one piece of advice I can give you is to spend time getting to know people from other parts of the state. Uh, go to dinner with them, have drinks with them, get to know each other, spend time getting to know people from the other side of the aisle. Uh, don't let uh, party divide you. Get to know each other. Uh, it will benefit you when it, you least expect it. And I did that. And having done that has benefited me when I've worked on the tough ex- assignments, you know, when I've worked on trying to move along workers' comp reform, when I worked on voting rights. When I try to work on, you know, making sure we expand access to health care, when I work on uh, consumer protections, uh, it it hasn't been partisan. It's been bipartisan. And and I know uh, from my own coverage of uh, of, of state uh, politics that uh, you have been known for that, and people people have praised you for being able to talk to both sides, but you are also working in an atmosphere that seems to be getting more and more polarized. Let's face it, as president, Barack Obama had to come back to Illinois to urge the legislature to go back to that, uh, that it is strayed from that. And how much harder is it to do what you want to do? It's been quite difficult. And that's been driven by our governor and by, you know, our, the president of the United States, quite frankly, you know, uh, if you think about the atmosphere that's been created, we've, we've, we've moved away from being able to have that type of bipartisanship that I, I've talked about that has allowed me to accomplish a lot of, uh, the public policy, uh, wins that I've I've had over the years. When I abolished the death penalty, it wasn't an all Democrat vote. Uh, it was a bipartisan uh, vote. That type of uh, bipartisanship is threatened today because you 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 have a multimillionaire that came in and threatened the members of his own party. Uh, we can't allow that to go on. Um, that's not healthy. Uh, I I wouldn't like it if it was. Um, on a Democrat side, we, 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 we have to make sure that every elected individual that we send to Springfield has their own voice and don't, uh, and don't, that they're not dictated to. Um, and I think, um, I think, um, you know, that's where it's been made more, more difficult. How much, uh, better did you feel about Toward the uh, the end of the <laughs> this this last year uh, or this last session, that it did seem that the rank and file lawmakers were able to get together and and accomplish something. And let's face it, stuff actually got passed. Yeah. So that didn't co- happen overnight. Uh, there was a group, and I've got to I've got to give credit where credit is due. There was a group of um, women, all women legislators, that had started meeting uh, several years years ago, early on in the Rauner administration. And and uh, they eventually reached out to a, f- a few of us men, hard-headed men, and, and invited <laughs> us to the table. And, uh, and, and it was a bipartisan, bicameral effort. And it went on for a couple of years. Um, and 
many of the people who who cast the courageous votes on the Republican side to make sure that we we start paying our bills and that uh, we don't continue in this costly stalemate that we uh, had for a number of years under the Rauner administration, that we put an end to that, that we start ourselves on a pathway of uh, eliminating this apartheid that we have in our school funding. Um, That came about as a result of meetings that took place over time, um, bipartisan, bicameral, and and those individuals uh, who have cast their courageous votes and knowing that it was meant the end of their career uh, on the Republican side um, were, were participants to those meetings. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is Illinois State Senator Kwame Raoul, who is running for state attorney general, and we are recording this uh, interview at his law office uh, in downtown Chicago. Uh, I want to talk about a, a philosophical issue that I think comes up uh, in probably uniquely in the attorney general's race, and that is, is the attorney general the state's top law enforcement official or the state's top consumer advocate? And, you know, I mean, that was, a, that was one, of the, uh, one of the major campaign themes that was going when... Uh, Lisa Madigan was running for her first term. Uh, the attorney, the beautiful thing about the attorney general's office is it's multifaceted. Um, um, it certainly has a huge component of it that's consumer advocacy, um, but it's not all consumer advocacy. It's, it's some of it is protection of um, uh, health care. Some of it is protection of uh, victims of crime, which is not necessarily. Uh, defined as um, law enforcement. It's providing resources to uh, those who are victims. Um, uh, some of it is being just a lawyer for the, for the state, defending the state in workers' comp and other claims filed against the state. So it's multifaceted. It's not just being a lawyer. It's being an advocate and having a bully pulpit. People ask me, well, aren't you going to miss the legislature? If you're elected to attorney general, I said, no, I'm going to be around in the legislature trying to move legislation. Uh, attorney general is a very active ac- advocate in the legislature, um, bringing uh, proposals to the legislature and adv- advocating them in the legislative committee you know, um, rooms. The only thing I won't have is a vote. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I'm certainly not asking you to uh, criticize anything that's uh, been done by the incumbent, uh, but what do you see as as a need in you know what what advocacy do you intend to bring uh, you know what would be the one of the first you know couple so, of things so you want to take the, on? There the, the three there are three things that come to mind. Um, you know, let me first say that I think that uh, Attorney General Madigan has been a fierce advocate on a lot of fronts. Um, one of the things, and one of the fronts she's been a fierce advocate on is, is um, advocating for victims. Uh, one, a piece of legislation I passed earlier this year uh, calls for the piloting of trauma recovery centers. What we know is that there's been a lot of gun violence and other violence in neighborhoods, not only in Chicago, but throughout the state. And there are a lot of people who may not be direct victims of crime, 
but who are victims nonetheless because of the trauma that they've suffered from witnessing violence. And many of these are young people, students. You could go into schools and ask them, do you know somebody who's been shot? And these young kids raise their hands. That's trauma. And we need to get services to those kids and to others in those neighborhoods. And I've passed legislation to, to, to uh, pilot trauma recovery centers. And I would hope as uh, to be attor- as attorney general that I would be able to steer resources to make sure that the most victimized communities receive uh, the bulk of the victim resources. Um, secondly, um, one of the fronts that I, uh, I feel the Attorney General's office has been less vocal on is criminal justice reform. I do credit uh, Governor Rahner for uh, signing an executive order creating the Criminal Justice Reform Commission uh, that I served on, and uh, Roger Heaton was uh, the chair of, and many great recommendations. Not all have been adopted by the legislature yet, and we're hopeful that more of them will be. Uh, I think the attorney general's office needs to be a bully pulpit to try to move those along so that we're smarter on crime, creating greater public safety, and saving money, quite frankly, um, by making sure that uh, we direct the uh, correct candidates to drug treatment and other diversion programs and that we reserve the Department of Corrections for those who truly threaten our public safety. Yeah, and and that's one area where I would think that the effort has indeed been bipartisan and that uh, there are al- not quite as many but almost as many uh, uh, Republicans who uh, see that as a need as well as Democrats. Yeah, oh, but let's be clear. It's one thing to say I'm for a broad topic of criminal justice reform. It's another thing to cast your vote on the difficult steps you uh, need to take t- to really achieve uh, true criminal justice reform. So you have a lot of people giving them giving um, speaking words, uh, saying that they're <laughs> supportive of criminal justice reform, not willing to take some 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 what are characterized as uh, a hard vote. So, that, but there's a third area that I think that we can be more aggressive um, with um, the attorney general's office, and that is protecting the workers of the uh, state of Illinois. Uh, We've got laws on our book to make sure that people are paid the minimum wage, that employers uh, carry workers' compensation insurance, that people uh, um, are paid prevailing wage, that uh, folks aren't misclassified in their uh, uh, jobs. Um, And uh, we have a Department of Labor that has stalled in investigating um, a lot of the claims that have been brought forth. Um, I've actually introduced legislation to empower the attorney general to directly take on some of them claim, some of those claims, and uh, to make sure that all of the uh, legitimate law-abiding employers uh, are able to remain competitive. Um, as a result of rogue employers not. Uh, taken advantage by breaking the law. Now, there are going to be some people who say this is basically, uh, you know, a Democrat putting pressure on business uh, and and trying to uh, um, make them less competitive because they have to uh, 
follow a lot of red tape. Not at all. Um, I, actually, uh, there, there have been those who are advocates of business who have come forth and said that they are supportive of this because they are abiding by the law. Um, and they don't want to be losing business to those who are violating the law. Uh, so this is not something that that is um, uh, targeted to try to make um, things harder for for business in, in Illinois. All I'm talking about is existing law. It is the law that you've got to carry workers' compensation insurance because if one of your workers get gets hurt, you you want them to have access to uh, the care and um, to be to be taken care of in that situation. Uh, one of your uh, rivals, uh, Scott Drury, uh, a Democrat and the Republican candidate, Erica Harold, both criticized the uh, current attorney general for uh, not doing more to take on corruption. Uh, and that's the law enforcement uh, part of this, I would assume. Uh, what's your feeling about the need to uh, focus on corrupt politicians? Listen, if any, if, if any instance of uh, political corruption is uh, brought to the attorney general's office or to any other law enforcement officer, it's their duty to uh, pursue that to the fullest extent of, of their office. What I haven't heard from those people who have lodged that criticism of uh, Lisa Madigan of any specific instances where they say that she has ignored something that was brought to her attention. It's so easy to uh, throw bombs and say, oh, she hasn't done anything about political corruption, but they haven't named one instance that uh, uh, something was brought to her attention. One of the things that we've got to be clear about is that the greatest cleanser to political corruption is sunshine. And that's why I passed a law years ago creating the public access counselor in in the uh, attorney general's office and and strengthening our uh, FOIA laws. That's not to say it's perfect. Uh, the, uh, the reality is, and it's an area I would seek to address if attorney general, is that the public access counselor is overwhelmed. And it's overwhelmed with cases that they're, um, overwhelmed and understaffed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so we've got to do something about that. We've got to make sure that uh, we, we address that. Um, the other thing is uh, the Attorney General's office, we can explore uh, the grand jury the, the grand jury powers of the special grand jury. So it's easy to just lodge a bomb at Lisa Madigan and say mm -hmm. she hasn't uh, done enough, but the reality is... Um, She's been limited in resources as well as in in what the attorney general's office actually has in terms of its powers. Um, and we only have a, a couple of minutes uh, left. Uh, so I do want to ask you if, the, if you believe state lawmakers are doing enough or doing enough that's real uh, to confront the t this tidal wave of revelations and accusations we've had about sexual harassment. So. So, yeah, I think, you know, I sat through a, a sexual harassment uh, training that we had um, several weeks ago. And, uh, and, and I think it was, it, was, it was a valuable experience for um, everybody who sat through the session that I sat through. And I think all four caucuses had their uh, individual sessions. Um, the important thing about this is that this is, it's not just in the legislature. It's in media. It's in... Uh, it's all over the place, right? And there needs to be a culture change, and there needs to be uh, uh, a recognition, and everybody needs to look in the mirror and see 
uh, how they've either contributed to the culture or tolerated a culture. And so uh, for, for me, uh, the, the, the training was, was, was valuable. Um, it's important that we don't just look for a silver bullet. Um, this is something that has uh, taken place over the long term. Um, and we, we need to continue to have honest conversations and not say that because um, we got rid of the unconscionable situation where we didn't even have uh, an inspector general in, in place um, and then we finally get an inspector general that we solve the problem because that doesn't mean we solve the problem. Because we've mandated sexual harassment training that we solve the problem, that doesn't solve the problem. So we have to continue to talk about this. We have to continue uh, to work on changing the culture and making people feel safer in their workplace. Sounds like a job for that Women's Caucus again. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Well, I want to thank Illinois State Senator Kwame Raul for spending uh, this half hour with us. Uh, To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is cbschicago.com. Just follow the audio links, and you can also find our podcasts on play.it. I will be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.